I do want to say uh, we have Kim Gordon coming up later in the show, but uh, my uh, we and actually, you know, over the years we've been doing the show for so long, we've had so many important guests. This is this is this is a get tonight's a night with two gets. It's a good way to say it, and uh, I mean we've had Zach Galifianakis and Corey Booker and. Uh, David Crosby, uh, Robert Blotzer, uh, we had Sanjaya, but tonight we actually have somebody who is the most famous guest. I can, I can only, I cannot foresee us ever having a more famous guest and I cannot believe that this guest is on line five. Uh, this is a very private person. And they have only given two interviews since becoming the hero for uh, the whole COVID-19 race for the vaccine. One was uh, for Time Magazine last week. It was a cover story. Everybody saw it. The other one was on 60 Minutes this past weekend with Leslie Stahl, a huge interview. And Joe Biden called this guest the most, quote, the most important person in the world right now when it comes to beating the virus. And this is one of them and one of the most one of the I'm sorry, one of the true medical geniuses of our era in league with Jonas Salk, Madame Curie, and Louis Pasteur. And uh I mean by this point you all know who I'm talking about. It's uh Dr. Blake Wright, the virologist. Vir- virologist. Virologist, I'm so sorry. And and uh that's, I'm a little, look, I'm a little flustered here. You gotta excuse me. And I was blown away. The, the possibility of this interview has been hanging over my head for the last 24 hours. And I got a message from his assistant saying he would come on the show. And I said, yes, of course. And I'm a little thrown by why, uh, Dr. Wright is doing this. Dr. Blake Wright is doing this, but, uh, I'm very flattered. And it's an exciting opportunity. Uh, I guess as a side note, and this will be a little interesting, is that uh, his assistant did have a couple caveats uh, that she wanted me to know about in advance because Dr. Blake's uh, subject matter, the world where he lives, is so all-consumingly heavy and, and intense he likes to kind of warm up and precede the interviews with eight minutes, and it's exactly eight minutes, a virus-free conversation, kind of like a warm-up, like a verbal warm-up to get uh, get things rolling before we get into the serious vaccine talk. And uh, look, it's a little unique, sure, but this guy's a genius. And if that's how geniuses work, then that's how he works. So I am, his quirks are completely acceptable as far as I'm uh, concerned. Um, His assistant also did say that he can get a little uh, animated and passionate during the pre-interview discussions. So, uh, I mean, I saw the, the 60 Minutes piece and I thought he was really charming and likable. So, uh. I'm curious to see what it is, and I guess it's 
Line five, do we have uh do we have Dr. Blake Wright? Hi Tom, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, you know, super busy. It's it's a it's a crazy time as as we all know. So uh um I, I, I did want to say I'm I'm a little ashamed to admit that I've I've never heard your program, but my um my step-niece, Maureen, is a huge fan of the show, and she said that your program would be a great way to reach the kids out there and to inform them about the virus and really get them serious about wearing masks because we're really getting to crunch time with this thing. So I, I thank you for, for having me on and being able to address um, the young people out there. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for coming on the show. So your step-niece is a fan of the show? Yes, Maureen, and, and it, it's funny because she she's been wanting to call into your show for at least a year now to talk at length about Chips Ahoy cookies, but she's she's very shy. So I I guess you know her her old step uncle being on on the good show will have to do for now. Well, the good that's the best show. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I, I, I oh, that's was, okay. No, okay. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. Write that down. Okay. Now, Maureen tells me that you're a big music fan. Is is that true? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm a pretty big music fan. Well, that's awesome. I don't I don't often get to talk about music. So, w- would you like to start? Yeah, I would love it. Okay. okay here we go. I'm starting the clock right now. Okay. Um. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 65, so I, I probably have a little more pedestrian, uh, musical taste than, than you do. Um, my guys are like the Stones, the Who, uh, I love Dylan, um, Finn Lizzy, the Doors, that classic stuff. How, how about you? Yeah, no, I like all that stuff. I, I like some, some crazier stuff also. Um, uh, kind of. Yeah. Like some more, I guess. I, I guess I don't know what would you call it. More, more, uh, maybe lo-fi or experimental stuff than than that stuff. But I like all that stuff as well. Oh, yeah. like is it kind of like like punk? Because I was I was twenty two when punk happened, and and I I I did find it intriguing. And but you know, I I was too old to actually you know be be punk and all that. So so I was. This <laughs> is funny. I, I was pretty much the the guy at the Elvis Costello or the Clash concert with you know with the beard and the and the sport jacket, kind of nodding his head. And sometimes that went over great, and uh, sometimes it didn't. And uh, it's funny. One time I was thrown into a trash can at a Boomtown Rat show. I think it was 1979. That was that was wild. Uh, who, who threw you in a trash can? Just some kid, you know, one of those those skinny tie guys with the uh, the wraparound shades, and you know, I had my uh, had my corduroy jacket on, and I had just come from the lab, and I I, I wanted to see the Boomtown Rats. I liked what I heard, and uh, I guess I wasn't punking up or whatever. And he was a big guy, and he threw me over his, over his shoulder, and just kind of walked me out into the lobby and deposited me in a trash can. Uh huh. And you kind of had no no control over the situation. Nothing, nothing. I mean, he was big, and I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't going to fight this guy, but it's, you know, it's, it's a funny story, and we laugh about it tonight, right? 
Yeah, no, it's a that's a funny story. You got uh Yeah. Yeah, you, you had a run in at a Boomtown Rat. So I didn't think those were particularly confrontational gigs. Uh I thought that their thing was maybe not as not like a hardcore show or something. What's that? What's what? Hardcore? What yeah. Oh, it's like a different it's a more a more uh it's like a more aggressive punk that uh, have you ever heard of like Black Flag? No. No. Okay. Minor Threat. You ever hear of them? No. SOA. No. Reagan Youth. No. Okay. Well, that's those are the kind of bands. So if you don't know, it's very it's very aggressive, and uh, the crowds were a lot more more uh, engaged and confrontational than than. Uh, than the Boomtown Rats crowd, but I guess you were you found the one guy at a Boomtown Rats show that was looking to mix it up. Absolutely, and I I, I, I never I never listened to the the B Rats again, except for of course when they played at Live Aid. Um, you know, it's funny. I do I have a band of my own that, that I I, I kind of blow off steam with. You have a uh, who's that? I do. Well, it, it's it's a band I have with some of the other people in in the lab, and and we're called. Uh, we're called flagrant bacterium. Oh, so you you have a okay, wow. All right. Well, that's cool. What do you play? It's it's, it's all covers. I I I play uh I play guitar. Okay. And and it's you and and some other people, uh, some other scientists? Yeah, exactly. And and it's it's fun because it's an it's an odd mix of people and we've all got different tastes. We're all all different ages. So we cover a, a, a good amount of ground. You know, we've got, uh, we'll do a, an R.E.M. song, um, The Spinners, uh, Steely Dan, Travis Tritt, um, P-Funk, Soup John Stevens, Megadeth. Um, but I'll tell you, I'm, I'm having a real issue with our keyboardist, uh, Tim. Uh-huh. What's, what's the problem? Well, Tim is really into, you know, the, the really proggy stuff. And so he wants to do these 12 minute Emerson Lake and Palmer or who's the other thing? A gentle, what are they called? Gentle Giant? Gentle Giant, yeah. Those kind of songs. And it's like, you know, I can, I can stomach some, some yes. You know, like I love the song. What's the song that goes dun, 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 dun? It's almost like a police show. Oh. Oh, don't, don't, don't. Yours is no disgrace. I like that one, and I like the other one uh, that they made into a movie, Starship Trooper. Yeah, I don't know if that was literally the movie. I don't know if the movie was based on the Yes song, but that was a, yeah. I think they're all in it. I think they're all in the movie, aren't they? Who's in it? All the guys in Yes. I The members of Yes, the band Yes, are in the the movie Starship Troopers? I think so. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. I, I haven't seen a movie since, oh, my God, since, like, a real movie. Ooh. The Sting 2. The Sting 2. Yeah. Long yeah. Time. Long time ago, huh? Yeah. So, so it's not a, not a big priority for you to get out there and... Uh... So you just two for this thing too, and that's the last time you said that. Well, um, you know, 
you know, then then virus study kind of took over my life, and I've sure. got, and I've got I've got my band and my music. You know, so no, of of course, no, I I that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So, like, I, I don't know like, how to handle it with this guy. You know, I I don't like the prog stuff. Do do you? Sure. No, I I like some prog rock. Yeah. Like what? Yeah. No, I like King Crimson and uh, I like some Yes. I, I like I like Yes. What? Like name name your your favorite Yes album. I guess it would probably be close to the edge. Oh, I hate that record. You like that? Yeah, I kind of do. Sure. What do you like about it? Uh, it's, it's kind of got a lot of different parts to it and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Hi everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new office hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel and Doug is back from down under. Good day. Good day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash officehourslive. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Uh, I don't know. Uh, all right, here's, here's the true test. What are your, all right, what's your favorite Led Zeppelin album? Probably Houses of the Holy. What? Oh, that record stinks. It's got that fake reggae crap on it. What's it called? Dare Maker. Oh, my God. I hate that. That record blows. Well, I, I don't know if it... I mean, it's got Dancing Days on it. That's a good song. I like that. I like that. I do okay. like that. I think my favorite's probably Four, because that's the classic album. Sure, sure. You like you like all the, the, the giant hits on that one. I do. Oh, how, how about how about uh, you, you like Neil Young? Oh yeah, I love Neil Young. What's your favorite album? Uh it it, it changes. Uh, one of one of my all time favorites is always going to be Russ Never Sleeps. It's a uh, probably the first one I fell in love with. That record's like like him doing some hard rock crap. Are you serious? Yeah, I am serious. I, I didn't know it was hard rock crap he's doing. It's it's like sure it is. What? It's a, I mean it's a it's a record. So I don't know what the big deal is. Well, it, hang on. What was that? Who is it? No, I tell tell him I can't talk to him right now. But but give me like forty five minutes or so. That sounds great. Okay, thank you. I'm so sorry. I I I, I had a a call I have to do. It's it's a whole whole thing. And and um, so let's get back. I'll start the um clock over again because that's how we do it. Um, wait, what what's going on here? Oh, we start over. That's that's the rule. If the, if if the conversation if the eight minutes gets gets interrupted, then we start over again. All right. I mean, I, I thought we had a pretty good flow going here. We must have been pretty close to the eight minute mark. It was about seven fifty five, but we do it. You know, <laughs> we do it. With- so we're five seconds off on the thing, and you can't just 
you can't just power through that five seconds to talk about no. the coronavirus? Absolutely not. I mean, it's a platform f- to get a lot of information out there for people. and I, I have a specific way of doing things, and if they don't, if they are not followed to the letter, okay. the conversation right. is over. Fair enough, Doctor. You are, you are the expert, and I appreciate you being on the show. And pleasure to be let's, here. Then let's start the clock over. Okay, here we go. Um, have you seen this new Frank Zappa documentary? It's made by either Bill or Ted. Yeah, I, I'm not sure which one was Bill and which one was Ted, but uh, Alex Winter directed it. I did see it. What a piece of work that guy is! It's it's like it's like he was condescending the moment he came out of of the womb. You can almost mm-hmm. imagine him him turning to his mother and like critiquing the birth. Like, well, what was what would he say in that moment? He probably a, a, a newborn Frank Zappa would probably turn to to the world and say, "You're welcome," because of his his mere existence. He's blessed the planet with his first his first breath. Um, yes, it's interesting. I I don't think I've ever heard any of his super early garage band stuff before you know like i i've never heard any of his, his early like pre pre mothers of invention music and it was interesting because they had a little bit of that in the movie and i was surprised to find that even his earliest music made fun of music yeah he certainly had a, a disdain for music when he's saying i would hear like mozart and Bach and Beethoven, and I don't like any of that. It's like, well, okay, uh, right, uh, right, right. As a, as a teenager, he was already just being like, uh, "No, I'll pass on the Mozart." Right? Yeah, yeah. He stinks. Yeah, he already was just like, I like classical music, but this Beethoven stuff, nah. Remedial stuff. It's weird. I don't have any of of his. Big records, you know, like I've got I've got a few, but but I'll I'll go on record as saying nobody fused doo-wop with overcomplicated music and lyrics torn from the pages of Screw magazine better than Frank Zappa. Yeah, he pretty much he pretty much had a clear path on that one. King of the Mountain. Absolutely. I think probably my favorite song of his, you know, is, uh, gosh, um, it's a tough one. It's, it's, uh, probably G Spot Tornado. That's your favorite? Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, probably second, uh, close second, mm. How to be the Illinois Anima Bandit? Sure, of course. No, that's that's way up there. That's a yeah. That's sure. a lot. Of, what's my favorite? 
I, I, I think I, I think they're all the same. They all just live at the same level for me. Yeah. They're all tied. <laughs> I think they're called, I, I see that. All right. Here's, here's, here's a quiz for you. Okay. Yeah. Here's the band. Mm-hmm. Frank Zappa, Frank Zappa, Neil Young, Todd Rundgren, Garth Brooks, Lou Reed, Van Morrison, six flagrant alphas who all think they're the smartest, most talented person in the room. Who's mm-hmm. the first to defer? Who's the first to defer to someone else during a creative impasse? Van Morrison would would he would check out the first. He would be the first one to check out and focus on the the paycheck. What do you think he'd say though? Like, do you think he would he would would he make some excuse or would he just say, I don't care about this? I think he would say you're all, and he would probably use a very mean word. <laughs> and, <laughs> you pay, take your pick for what mean word he would use. Right. Probably begins with a C. Probably, perhaps. And then, and maybe a word in front of that word and, or a bunch of words in front of that word, potentially. And then he would just, Say I'm only here for the money, and then I think he would be the first to. If that was breaking, that would be the him breaking. I think I think you're I think you're spot on with that. I, I think that makes sense. Todd Rundgren also I feel like could could just figure out the financial side of things and and uh, cope with it. Right. Now that makes sense. What would that band be called? The Insufferables? I think that's, I think you named it. Maybe Los Insufferables. Los Insufferables. Yeah, yeah. So it would be like, what you're saying is it's a, it's a really weird version of the Traveling Wilburys. Exactly, yes, yeah. A meaner, a meaner Traveling Wilburys. <laughs> it's the, the angry Traveling Wilburys. Who is it again? It's Frank Zappa. Uh-huh. Neil Young, Todd Rundgren, Garth Brooks, Lou Reed, and Van Morrison. And I love that moment when they would, if they'd say they did handle with care that, that Traveling Wilbury song, what right. would it come in and Frank's at? It would be just like that part where it's like, handle me. The part that Roy Orbison sings where he's like, usually it's like, I'm so tired of being lonely. Frank's at would come in and be like, I'm so tired. And it'd be like, all of a sudden the, the tempo just changes and it, and it's just vibraphone all of a sudden out of nowhere. Yeah. And he's, and he sings in a way that he's making fun of it. Yeah. I'm so tired of being lonely. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like he, he can't actually sing, so he's going to make fun of it. <laughs> you, you know what's interesting about the movie? What's that? I don't think there's a shot of Frank Zappa in that thing where he's not smoking. Mm-hmm. And I, I know this is a terrible thing for me to say a, a, as a medical professional, mm-hmm. but he, he kind of became a cigarette by the end of his life. He really was probably 40% cigarette in terms of like, he must have smelled like a cigarette. 
He looked like a cigarette. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And that SNL footage. Did you see that? Can you imagine that he was a guest on SNL, a host? He he hosted, right? Yeah, he was a musical guest earlier in the in the run. And oh. then, like, two seasons. I think 76, he was a musical guest. In 78, he was the host. Oh, my God. Well, he was just like, and he called it a skit. He's like, I thought that skit was terrible. Well, and and then he said they should have let him write sketches or skits, which which he was absolutely correct about. And I would have loved to have seen an entire night of skits about a skeevy guy trying to get on with underage girls. I think that would have really been cool. <laughs> yeah, skit after skit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, look, I mean, he, he's a man of, uh, of great contradictions and, uh, you know, there's, oh, you know, there's, there's no doubt that Frank Zappa was a, a true one of a kind genius and a cultural li- leader. And I, I don't say this, I, I, I say this very seriously. He was definitely in, in league with, you know, all of those great pioneers like Ben Franklin, Bob Marley, Bob Dylan, Gandhi. Ali, Hemingway, Jack Nicholson, Picasso. And just like these great men I just mentioned, Frank Zappa also had a deep passion, not only for the betterment of society and human rights, but also for sleeping with women who weren't his current wife. So, but, you know, I've got my own addictions. You know, I I obsessively collect... um, I'm sure you've never heard of these things. They're called they're called wacky packages. Wacky pack? Oh, those are from the from the seventies. Have you heard of them? Oh yeah, absolutely. Do you? You don't have any, do you? I, I I've collected them on and off through my life. Sure. I've never met anyone who collected them. Uh, what's your top ten? I'll, I'll I'll do mine first. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, minute lice, um, blunder bread, botch tape, um, a jerk cleanser. Um, I'm sorry. You're right there. Yeah, I got something in my nose. <clears throat> um, I, I also like uh, Captain Crud cereal, um, awful bit cereal, um, chock full of nuts and bolts coffee, um, chuck wag- ch- choke wagon dog food, um, hungry jerk. Sorry, this thing is really in my nose. Hang on. There we go. Okay. Um. Um. <clears throat> You're right. Hungry, hungry jerk. It's called hungry jerk pancake mix. Uh huh. I think my my favorite is prob- probably um, Jippy Pop no flavor popcorn. Okay, that's a good, that's a pretty good list. Uh, I I kind of enjoy uh, milk muds, uh, shtick razors, uh, kook cigarettes, dampers, logs, pantyhose, lip torn soup, Irish ring soap, and then uh, yeah, those are some of my favorites. 
Those are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and pounds also the the cream. Oh, I hate that one. Why did you pick that? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize there was such a problem with it. Do you like life servers? Yes. A bit of money. No. No. Okay. No. No. All right. Well. Oh, hey, that's that's uh, that's that's the eight minutes. Oh, great. Well, let's let's get down to it and talk about the why you're here. Uh, this is very exciting, you know, uh, doctor. We have <clears throat> Doctor Blake Wright, who's the virologist that is uh, the leading light in in the the vaccine uh, movement. And let me just ask you, doctor. I know it's a tall order. But can you briefly tell us what those first few days were like when you were uh, when you realized you were, the search for a COVID nineteen cure was underway? Oh well, you know it's oh uh, God, where to start here? Um, well, I'll I'll go to kind of the beginning of, of the process. Um, thankfully, we were able to isolate the complete genome of the Wuhan coronavirus from a a COVID-19 patient who was a a worker in that seafood market that has become so so, uh, famous. And uh, this was crucial in us mapping out the virus in search of a vaccine. And so basically one strain of SARS-CoV-2 is essentially 29.9 kilobytes, while SARS-CoV and MERS-CoV have positive sense RNA genomes of approximately 27.9 kilobytes and uh, roughly 30.1 kilobytes, respectively. And it's been shown that the genome of, of uh, COVs contain a variable number. It's usually uh, between 6 and 11 of open reading frames, which we, of course, call R- ORFs. Now, two-thirds of viral RNA, mainly located in the first ORF, translates to polyproteins, which we'll call PP1A and PP1AB, and that encodes 16 non-structural proteins, while the remaining ORFs encode accessory and structural proteins. Now, the rest of the virus genome encodes four essential structural proteins, including spike, glycoprotein, small envelope uh, proteins, matrix protein, and also several accessory proteins, which interfere with the host's innate immune response. And we got to perform some deep metatranscriptomic sequencing on WHCV, which contains 16 predicted NSP. And on the other hand, this is very interesting, WHCV exhibits some genomic and phylogenetic similarity to SARS-CoV, particularly in the S-glycoprotein gene and receptor binding domain indicating the capability of direct human transmission. And uh, I, I don't want to go without saying this. It should also be known that the most encoded proteins of SARS-CoV-2 are similar to regular SARS-CoVs, but there do exist um, certain differences. Do- doctor? Doctor? Yes. Can um, I, Would it be possible for us to go back to talking about Frank Zappa? No. So basically, at the protein level, there are no amino acid substitutions that occurred in NSP7, NSP13, um, you know, uh, 
the matrix, the envelope, or the accessory proteins, P6 and 8B, except in NSP2, NSP3, spike protein, uh, underpinning subdomain, which is, you know, of course, basically RBD. Uh, hello? Uh, I, I can't. I can't. Another. You've got to hang up. i got to hang up on him. That was, is going to make me sound, I, I got to say, I don't know. That was, mm, that maybe makes me sound like the dumbest person alive, but I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm shallow. I can't handle that. That's just, he, he's, yeah. Well, hopefully that I, what he was saying makes sense in terms of his, uh, what he's working on. Thank you for being a guest. We got Kim Gordon coming up next. I'll be right back in a couple seconds.